0: you don't get to make every decision in your life.
1: Hello, this is the Adventure Through the Bible podcast. My name is Matt. Joining me today, we've got Tracy. Good morning. And we have Karen. Hello. And Eric will not be joining us today. He's I don't know, doing something else.
0: He's you know. uncool is what the problem is and doesn't know where to be.
1: That's it. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. I can't fault him too much though because I was gone. I was gone for a week. Our our hopefully our listeners won't notice the the change other than the 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 difficulty of me to get words out now because we actually did take a week off, but uh, because I was out of town. And Karen, I think you maybe were out of town too and
0: I was, yes.
1: Yeah, so I went to Florida and had a great uh almost week and a half at at uh, Disney World with my family and Karen went off I went to
0: Ken- yeah, I went to Kentucky and looked at a house to yeah. like to buy.
1: Yeah, Karen's thinking about leaving and going away.
0: Exit right. <laughs>
1: But hopefully they still have Wi-Fi and she will still be a part of us. But uh, that's that's things for the future. Tracy, you didn't do anything fun, did you?
2: You know what I'm trying to think? I don't think I did. I think it was back to work after the fourth. So if you don't remember, it was either amazing, or (laughs) or it was really boring time. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. Because I don't know. I don't know how many. I don't know how amazing a great a time you can have if you can't remember it afterwards. So
2: exactly. (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah <clears throat> so yeah anyway it's summertime and and everybody's schedules get a little wonky and and uh so we're we're, we're all bouncing around but now, most of us are back now and eric will be back next week so uh we have a i think this is going to be a great discussion this week we're going to be talking about one of Gosh, this might be even be in the top five Bible stories. If I, you know, I mean, you think of, you think of the greatest Bible stories and you're going to, you know, you're going to have things like, of course, the first thing you probably think of would be the passion story. Um, you're probably going to think about Adam and Eve. You're going to think about David and Goliath and the Ten Commandments and things like that. Um, but I I mean, is there a kid on earth who doesn't get told the story of Jonah in some fashion or other? Right. Right i mean i mean the 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 if if i i would f- find it very hard to believe that too many of our of our listeners don't already <clears throat> i'd find it very hm very... <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> wow, I either have a frog in my throat or there's a cucumber in there ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I would find it very hard to believe that too many of our listeners have not heard the story of Jonah, uh, either as a child or growing up. It's just such an iconic story, of you know, a guy getting swallowed by a fish. You know, <laughs> spoiler alert: if you haven't heard the story, um, oh but, my gosh,
0: does he get out alive?
1: <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, so Jonah is is I don't know, gosh, if it's not top five it's certainly top ten of bible stories that people have have uh, heard in their lifetime now we actually got introduced to jonah in our last episode he had given a message i got to look back in my notes now to remember exactly what he had um what the message was but he was just barely barely mentioned in our last uh episode in a little prophecy that he, he had given to one of the kings um, he had foretold Israel's fort, uh, Israel's restoration from uh, a certain, or a certain area of it. I don't know. He, it was such a small blurb that you would have missed it if you blinked, you know, but so yeah, we get into this story of Jonah and as we all know, he's, he's told by God that he needs to go to the city of Nineveh because they are terribly wicked. Um, I don't know exactly what their wickedness was. Uh, we're never really told. We just know that they're pretty—they're—they're they're apparently a really bad bunch. I do think I heard somewhere that they worshipped some sort of fish god. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that was Dagon. I think we've talked about Dagon before with another
0: Philistines. Uh,
1: yeah the philistines yep. were were worshiping dagon i think i think dagon is sort of That's a when f- the ark went there and it mm-hmm. fell over mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah stayed towards the ark yeah yeah and so the you know the idea of them worshiping this fish god that kind of plays into things later on maybe
0: nope. because then the fish you're mm-hmm. talking about the fish in the jonah story
1: uh-huh
0: like thinking that would be particularly symbolic to how would they know though
1: well, yeah, I don't know. I don't Local know. Local
0: fishermen rescues strangely half dissolved live human from the beach. Like, how does that work?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Is that
0: the headlines?
1: <laughs> yeah, but that was some speculation that I had read somewhere, and it's been a couple of years since I read that. That that maybe that was why um, why he his his message got accepted more easily. But I don't, I don't, I don't know that for sure. And we're I'm kind of getting ahead of the story here. Jonah doesn't like the idea of going to Nineveh. And um, from what I could see, Nineveh is, was like northeast of Jerusalem, about, about 500 miles. So it going to be a bit of a trip. I don't know where he was because he, when we're told about him in the last one, he was talking to Jeroboam in Israel. So he wouldn't have been in Jerusalem. But at, at any rate, you know, this is going to be a bit of a trip for him to take. But he decides, nope, I don't want to go to Nineveh, and so he goes and hits gets on a boat to go to Tarshish. I don't know if you did you either of you guys look up to see where Tarshish was
0: um I'm familiar with it because of paul. I've yeah. looked it up because of Paul
1: okay. so I looked it up on our on our map, and actually you know different sources said that we may not know exactly where this was, but the map app that we like to use here it showed it being uh from what i could tell it's kind of southwest of italy yeah and and we're talking from what i could tell about 1600 to 1700 miles away from jerusalem to the west so when jonah decides he doesn't want to do what god says he really decides he doesn't want to do what god says I I, I I don't know, and maybe maybe I'm calling things to the mat a little little close to us. But I mean, have you guys ever thought maybe you uh, tried to run away from something God wanted you to do? You know, I was thinking about
2: that this week, and I don't I don't know if it's if it's run away or delay or or I, you know look at the look at the obvious and try to just move maneuver around it. Mm-hmm. There
0: we go. Yeah, I would that's what I would say. I was I was thinking, and I got this from a song. So I don't think that this is this is a little bit poetic, but it's certainly not original because I'm not terribly poetic by nature. But there's a song that talks about um me, like the you know, the songwriter, kicking open doors or trying to kick open doors that God has closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so like that 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 kind of resonates, Tracy like I mean if God I think that that the the very few times that God has said something directly to me, I have like there have only been a couple of times that I didn't do it, and it was a very small thing. I regretted not doing it, but I most of the time, if God says to me, "Go do this or don't do that, I'll just instantly obey but when it's a bigger, slower situation, I've been known to sit there and stare at it and go, but I but I really wanted to. And then try to kind of logic my way around
2: it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think too that we kind of look at it and we always want to fleece test it. Well, if that's what you want me to do, let me do this. Show me this. Show me this. Yeah. You know, and I and which I don't think is a bad thing. You know. Yeah, it's but,
0: hard to know. Hard yeah, to know. Right. Like there's a lot of noise in the world. What voice are you hearing? Sure. You should check that.
2: You know, and then I wonder if, too, maybe we just, we tend to dilute it out a little bit, too, by by delaying it so much. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, you know, from that perspective, I think we all, we, we it's safe to say that we've all had instances where we tried to avoid doing probably what we knew we were supposed to do, uh, or, or you know, like you say, the, the, the thing that's right in front of you, and you just, I uh, just don't want to do that, you know, and... It it does make me wonder, like you were saying, kicking down the doors, Karen. Um, mm-hmm. It makes me wonder how many doors did get shut behind me when I turned around and walked the other way. I I could probably think of a few without thinking too hardly, you know. But uh, but yeah, I think this is probably a common, at least at least to some extent, this is a common uh, circumstance that we can all relate to. Of, mm-hmm. of
0: my my upcoming move is actually an example of this. Mm-hmm. So. So I've had this weird set of life circumstances that pretty much kicked off like mm, last late summer early fall kind of thing. And and I and, and I have been baffled because nothing in real life, nothing within my skill set, nothing within my realm of influence seems like it should have gone the way it went. And this was this was two circums, two big sets of circumstances working at the same time. And everything I tried to do from my perspective in the moment okay so we'll say that no i don't have god's perspective on the long timeline of my life failed okay mm. no logical reasons just you know i so i tried to sidestep it everything i've tried to do to sidestep failed and all i've been hearing when i pray for months and months and months is just wait 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 and sometimes it's been very very specific sometimes i've actually heard like do not take a single step in any direction until i tell you to like it's been very specific and so i've been sitting in this really well let's just call it what it is annoying and terrifying holding pattern and now now there's suddenly some movement created okay so here comes here comes this movement this opportunity to for housing And my first reaction is to look at that and go, oh, that's a really good opportunity. And then go back to my own drawing board and try to reconstruct what I have here so that I don't have to move. That was my first reaction. Mm -hmm. And so God could not have made it more obvious. He very quickly slammed two doors right in my face while I was in the process of peeking through them, thank you very much, and made made it impossible on any level for me not to move impossible Mm -hmm. i would have to win the lottery i would have to like marry well all of a sudden by this weekend you see what i'm getting at like impossible for me not to do the thing that he put in front of me because i wasn't opposed to it but it was uncomfortable and because it was uncomfortable, I started coming up with ways that I could maybe sidestep it or work around it. Or, well, that's not like my favorite option, so maybe I could try this thing over here. Uh-uh. Two more sharp cracks on the back of the head with a two by four, and apparently, I'm moving. So, hmm.
1: well, it's particularly interesting in your case, if I can, if I can interject here, because, and without giving away too much of your circumstances, uh, it was a few years ago you were considering a very similar situation Mm -hmm. moving to Kentucky for different reasons but um and that was a sharp no and now it's like yep okay now it's now it's time it's yeah um I think uh
0: okay but if, if that first thing a few years ago hadn't happened this thing now wouldn't be happening
3: right 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 yeah. So
0: I don't know, it's, it's, it's breeding a very interesting point of view in me. I'm trying to be patient with it. I'm a planner. So I absolutely despise every second of this sort of like forced spontaneity. I'm really annoyed. Mm-hmm. I need like a Zen garden to rake sand so that something is within my control. Because you know, all all of my plans have fallen by the wayside. And instead, I'm having to follow nothing but what I can only see in the next step that is not provided by anything but God. Like nothing I've done has worked. Mm -hmm. So this has been a really big deal for me.
2: I think I see it like Matt was kind of saying too, you know, sometimes, and we've said this many a times on the podcast, is that we just look through that small hole into the future, that, that, that finite piece of the big picture. And sometimes there's multiple trajectories that God allows us to venture down that eventually lead us to the same point you know yeah. and like we were saying in Kentucky might be yours You know, yeah and, and I don't really know what it is like get, if, get to a place
0: yeah and and when I look at like every everything that's happening in the grand scheme of the world because of course the world is just weird right now like am I being taken from here or I'm being taken to there I don't know which it is I don't know which it is I even wish I knew that. Like I'm, not, I'm not good with secrecy and spontaneity. Like I'm just not that way. Like I'm a planner. Yeah. yeah. Like what am I doing? Why am I doing it? How can I troubleshoot it?
2: Yeah. You know, and and
0: I, I'm not allowed to.
2: And I think I'm the same way too. And and you know I sometimes think why do I do all the planning and the preparation? And it's to avoid any of the any hardships, any of the unknown to make make the trip smooth sailing. And you know my wife says sometimes you know what Tracy if you'll think of any hurt hurdle or obstacle you'll think it up yeah and it's like well I just want to be prepared and yeah it's, goes, it, it's troubleshooting you know, but sometimes you do sometimes you need the rocky way maybe that refines you I mm-hmm.
0: think I mean I don't know what the immediacy is gonna bring from my life in particular but I feel like I feel like there's been a healthy. And by healthy, I mean wildly uncomfortable for me. Dose of stop planning, what's coming is beyond your control, lean on God. Learn to lean on God now. Like I feel like, I've told several people over the months, I feel like I'm being sharpened. And that is the lesson that keeps coming up from it is like, you don't get to make every decision in your life. And 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 I don't I, OK, so I'm not one of those people gonna it really philosophical here. I'm not one of those people that believes that all of us are going to have like this huge pivotal impact in the world. Like I kind of see the unfolding of the timeline of Earth as like this. This tapestry that's made up of all of these little tiny threads that are all of us, right? And. It takes a whole lot of threads holding things together in the background. Very few threads are on the surface making the picture. You know what I mean? But all of them are making the thing come together. And I guess that's how I see individuals. And God is kind of like weaving this thing through the framework of time. Okay. I told you I was going to get poetic. That's how I've always pictured it. I've always just kind of had this mental image. So for whatever reason, my little thread either needs to leave here or go there. Don't have a clue what for, yet. Hopefully, hopefully I will. Oh my gosh! Don't leave me hanging here. This is terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I think those of us who know you Karen, can can say with some certainty that we can we've seen God working in your life, and we're all I think we're all just as anxious to see what it's gonna what it's what's gonna happen as you are. We're like, what's gonna happen with Karen? I want to know. You know, so yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> Well, so yeah, unlike Karen, who is desperately trying to learn and and, and uh, follow the instructions of God, uh, Jonah jumps on this ship to go to Tarshish, which is practically as far away from where God asked him to go as, as you can get. I'm always amazed by how far people would travel back in those days
3: yeah,
1: uh, with the means that they had, you know. I mean, here I was just uh, on, on Tuesday morning, you know, I, I kind of... Um, Marvel at the ability that Tuesday morning I woke up in Florida and Tuesday night I was sleeping here in Colorado in my own bed, you know, and uh, we're able to do that quickly now. But to go 16, 1700 miles away on a ship uh, back then, I mean, that is quite that's quite the undertaking just to avoid doing what God has asked you to do. <laughs> so. So, yeah, he finds himself. He finds himself on this on this uh ship on the way to uh to this faraway city.
2: You know, and I think, you know, I wonder if it, it had to do a little bit with with just fear, because the way that Nineveh was described is it was um how they put it, it was a place, a bloody city full of lies and robbery. hmm You know, so I, I imagine too a my thinking was it was pretty, a pretty rough place and, you know, could could some fear be involved? <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: think of somebody said, okay, I want you to go into that biker bar and go in and tell those guys they drink too much. Yep. You know, I mean, uh, that the, probably be kind of a similar thing. Like, I, uh, yeah, no, I'll pass. Thanks all the same. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I can, you know, I think, you know, we can, we can kind of, we can kind of crawl inside Jonah's head here sort of understand anybody you know if you i'm a person i don't i don't like change I'll, I'll accept it when it comes but i i I don't i don't like it and i a lot of times i'll try to avoid it because i like i like the comfortable status quo sometimes you know um so i can i could sort i'm not not to the extent of maybe going this far to avoid it but um but yeah he and uh yeah being sent to a place like this where it sounds like you could very well be in danger of your life if you go. There's a lot of different reasons here that he may not have wanted to do it. But so yeah, he finds himself on this ship uh, to go the opposite direction. And, you know, we can all st- I, like we were talking about before. We can talk about those times when we when we missed an opportunity and God just said, well, OK, um, I'll do something else with somebody else. But in this case, God goes, nope, I want you, Jonah. To go to Nineveh, and the Bible tells us, the story tells us that he sends a storm that is threatening to break up the ship, and it's it's really bad. The sailors are praying to their gods, and they're throwing cargo overboard, trying to lighten the load, and in a an, in a in a. Excuse weird,
0: me, weird, I have yeah. a quick interjection. Uh huh. I am a classic. In it, in addition to being an over preparer and a planner and a troubleshooter i am i am along those same lines An over packer (laughs) if i was on this ship i would have gone over with my suitcase which would have an outfit for every possible weather outcome and i would have gone down screaming with my arms wrapped around it when they start (laughs) talking about throwing over cargo like don't do that
1: Well, and when they're talking throwing away cargo, I imagine this is stuff they're probably being paid to ship. Right. You know? and so oh, see, throwing... okay,
0: now I'm fine with it. That's fine. <laughs> it's somebody see, else's I have,
2: stuff. I don't care. I have a question for you. Just yeah.
0: leave out my sweaters. We are not, we're not throwing my sweaters and my boots overboard.
2: <laughs> so what's the rationale, really? Do, do we know of why you throw over cargo? Do, does it make you lighter to roll yes. with waves? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: And it's the opposite. I mean, obviously, I'm not a seafaring person. I live very far inland in a state that has rivers that are two inches deep, you know. So I know nothing about sailing. But it seems to me that in a storm, wouldn't you want to be heavy so that you weren't quite so bouncy? Wouldn't that give you some ballast?
1: I don't know. I would think yes, but also no, because as those waves are rolling and if you're if you're uh, laying lower in the water, you have a better chance of everything coming over top
2: of you and rolling you, I suppose. See, and I'll just put it out there. I'm a sailor, and I have no idea. I was thinking the same thing. Wouldn't it make you heavier where you wouldn't be tossed and turned? But then I was thinking about it from, like, maybe a safety standpoint of, you know what, back in the day, I'm sure they didn't probably didn't have OSHA or anything like that to be tying down cargo, and if you were bouncing around, that could be a lot of stuff thrown your way, you know, that maybe you just at that point wasn't safe in dealing with it and getting hit with stuff falling on you and, and that kind of thing. So I was just like, you know, trying to mull that through my mind is like, okay, so they were just dumping stuff over, you know, and I was, go ahead.
0: I think we were well into the years of ships being designed well so there should have still been a cargo hold that was centered low enough so that the weight was not all up top or floating around loose on the deck or you know what i mean like most there's Mm -hmm. there's usually like there's the very underbelly of a ship where if something's going to leak that's where the extra water would go then there were cargo holds built just above that where they were still low in the center of gravity so the ballast was proper you see what i'm getting at and then Then there's the cruise quarters or whatever, and then there's the deck. But anyway, whatever. Neither here nor there. None of us are seafaring people.
2: No, no, no. If any of of our 10 listeners out there happen to know, (laughs) know, feel free to give us an email or write us. You know, Matt can give you the address, and we'll be more than happy to entertain those questions for you. Was that a good plug or what? absolutely
1: attv <laughs> podcast at theadventure.org if we have any sailors out there if we, okay let me put I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna throw a little dig at tracy here if we don't have any sailors who are better at sailing than tracy <laughs>
2: <laughs> and have some of those answers that are eluding uh, a sailor <laughs> here
1: i do know though you know when you see the sides of like the big cargo ships you'll see like a line they'll actually have a line so they know how far down in the water they are And they have a limit of how far the how far they're willing to uh, go. And and of course, when we're talking ships, we're not talking the big cargo ships we have today. We're probably talking something. I mean, on the big side, I would guess something like on the side of a of a of a, you know, a big yacht maybe or something. You know, I don't. But so they're relatively to our perspective, relatively small uh, ships probably we're talking about here. So a big storm a big storm uh, could have the uh the potential to to trash that ship pretty good and everybody in it but yeah so as these guys are throwing cargo overboard they find Jonah is asleep down in the bottom of the ship probably some corner of the cargo hold or whatever uh and i couldn't help i couldn't help feeling an echo of that story of jesus when he was asleep <laughs> during a storm yeah. down in the ship and everybody's like what are you doing it's going to kill us you know and and uh you got Jonah and well and it you know Jesus talks about the sign of Jonah too so that I think there's a lot of echoes um uh, to the story of Jesus here
0: Jesus Jesus was sleeping through the storm because he knew God was in control Jonah yeah. is sleeping through the storm because he knows God's in control mm-hmm. like he knows the storm is about him because when they come to him and ask him he's like yeah uh mm-hmm. you're going to have to throw me overboard
1: yep. it, yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they get to that eventually after they, after they cast cast some lots and everything. But yeah, eventually he's just like, yeah, uh, it, it's it's probably because of me. And um, I'm I worship the guy who uh, who's who's causing this storm.
2: Okay, so how do you cast lots? Um, it's like dice.
0: Yeah, it's like dice or drawing a short straw or whatever like that. That's the way they typically did it. Mm-hmm.
2: That's what I was thinking. The short straw, yeah. kind of thing
0: the Israelites, you know, the Hebrews did that pretty, pretty traditionally. It was like, okay, we've got to figure this out. So they would, they would take a neutral mechanism and then they would leave God in control of it. And they would just assume that the answer that came out was from God and they would take action on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And not a very scientific way to do it, but for some reason it seems like it works a lot. Well, yeah. yeah, Um, I, yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe next time uh, I have an issue I'm going to start casting lots and Or rolling the dice and see what happens
0: Which one of you did this?
1: <laughs> well, between, I should have thought of that when my kids were younger I'm just well, going to cast we'll lots Which, uh,
2: Whichever one the, a lot. the dice
1: falls to You're getting grounded
2: <laughs> Yeah
1: yeah, so so yeah, they do the cast lots. They ask Jonah, "What's going on?" He's like, "Yeah, I worship the God who creates the the sea and the land, and so you know, I worship the guy who's I worship the God that is doing all this." And and uh, he vo- basically he volunteers, He's like, "Yeah, you have to, you're gonna have to throw me overboard." Why now? Why why didn't he just jump overboard? You know, <laughs> it's like, "No, you guys are gonna have to throw me over." Uh, I know this is about me. And uh, you guys are just going to have to pitch me over the side. Seems like the, the if he really wanted to volunteer for that, he could have easily just uh, pitched himself.
0: That is a good point. <laughs> it is.
1: Yeah, the guys, that, you know, to their credit, they're not uh, they're not too keen on the idea of throwing him overboard, too, because they're like, no, nah, we're uh, they they keep um, they, they they try to row back to land. They can't do it, and uh, they finally they just decide. And and I thought thought, thought this was, this phrase was interesting. They say, they, say they, they actually start praying to God and they say, do not charge us with innocent blood. And then they pitch Jonah. Uh, we've talked about um, uh, the blood price. We've been talking about the blood price here on on our podcast since way back. I think maybe even our first episode talking about uh, in Genesis and the <clears throat> the price that is put on life and uh, especially innocent life. And these guys do not want to they don't want to be um, uh, charged with that with that blood, with that 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 blood price. But uh, yep, they they throw Jonah overboard and they make sacrifices to God. I'm curious how you do that in the middle of a. Uh, well, I guess they didn't do it in that they throw Jonah overboard. The storm stops. It's like it's it, it seems like it stops like almost as soon as he hits the water or something. But the storm stops, and then the men offer a sacrifice to God, and they take vows, and I'm, I'm guessing they're maybe taking vows to follow God. The text wasn't explicit about that.
0: Okay, but. I have a question. Uh-huh. These sailors who listen to what Jonah says, they try to outdo it when they realize they can't outdo the storm— then they pray to Jonah's God and then they do what he said. Is this naive? Like, okay, think about this in modern society. If somebody, if something kind of out of control was happening and somebody came along and said, well, yeah, this is God, like how many people would even believe them? These guys, these guys all believed Jonah when he said that.
1: Yeah, it seems like it.
0: Like, if that happened in moderns, is is that because in, in this era of society, people just tended to believe in multiple gods and tended to view, say, large storms or, you know, quote unquote, supernatural events as divinely, you know, they knew less about science. So maybe nature was more impressive. So when extraordinary things would happen. It was easily attributed to divine interference or vengeance of some kind. You see what I'm getting at? Like, I I try to picture something like this happening in modern society. And I and I just picture cynicism, like, Oh, yeah, no, this is, this is definitely God, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, we should throw the crazy overboard just because he's crazy not to placate the gods we're not placating the gods. you know what i mean you see mm -hmm. what i'm getting at
2: you know i think so too that you know they valued that a lot more and i think too when they found jonah in in the hull of the ship and he was asleep you know they asked him who are you and what do you do and i think you know jonah just came straight away and was like you know what i'm a prophet this is what i do and yeah. you know, I wonder if that kind of added to it. And then by him, you know, fessing up and saying, you know what, you're gonna probably have to pitch me overboard because it's it's me. You know, I'm I'm on a mission or I was I was tasked with something and I decided I wasn't gonna do it, so I'm on the run. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, I think he kind of gave him a little bit of a, a preview or you know preface to what was going on already.
1: Yeah, I think people probably were more likely to believe in a god, or at least you know, in the supernatural back then. Because I view them, uh, you know, in my looking back, and obviously not being there, but I it, they just seem to be less cynical, more accepting of what's going on around them. But and then, like you say, Karen, not uh, you, you're having things like natural phenomenon being more impressive we don't understand it and and, and uh so so yeah maybe the, the...
0: maybe the answer's in verse 5 well 4 and 5 the lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the thr- the ship was threatened that oh my goodness english it's so early <laughs> a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up All the soldiers were, okay, would somebody else like to, they're not soldiers. Sailors. Let me try this again. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. So the first thing they did when circumstances got out of control, and they're in a floating bathtub out on the ocean somewhere, is they all start praying to their own God.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it is their
0: uh, so it's obviously it's in their in their mental wheelhouse already to be comfortable with the idea that there are multiple gods, and we're all gonna pray to ours right now to try to make this thing calm down,
1: yeah, well, and you know a lot of people, even now, even today, people who don't necessarily follow God when they're faced uh, with a life and death situation, it's their it's a tendency to call out to God then, you know, and in there this case,
0: no atheists in foxholes.
1: <laughs> right. Right. So Jonah finds himself in the water and in an interesting turn of events, he gets swallowed by what at least King James and new King James calls a great fish. Now there's been lots of speculation over the years of what, this was, was it a big fish? Was it a whale? You know, what was it? And I've heard even more modern stories, in fact, even what just a couple of weeks ago, of, of people being swallowed by whales. Um, there was a guy just and not, now this guy wasn't swallowed here just a couple weeks ago, I think it was a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, but he did, yeah, he did find himself in the mouth of this whale, and the whale quickly decided. No, I don't want to eat this guy and spit him out. But what a terrifying situation to find yourself in! Because that, the, you know, the guy. That, what I was reading that this guy said, you know, he was like, "Like this is how I'm going to die. I'm dying. I'm going to die and in, 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 uh, die by eating, being eaten by a whale." Cape Cod. Um, and so you know, and, and this is a part of the story that a lot of the skeptics really take issue with because. You know, and it's that kind of think like, well, we've never heard of this kind of thing before, and it's like, well, no, you haven't heard about this kind of thing before because this is what we would call a miracle. You know, um, because the, the idea of getting swallowed and and being in the belly of anything for it says three days and three nights, holy smokes, talk about an eternity. I mean five minutes would be too much for me, uh, in, in a situation like that. And he's in, he finds himself in there for three days and three nights. And like, so you know, you try to think of, you know, what's the smell going to feel like? What's the, I mean, the digestive acids are going to be messing with you. You know, what, what's that going to do to him for the rest of his life? Is that going to, is that going to scar him? Is that, what's that going to do? You know, just, uh, such a bizarre situation to find
2: yourself in. You know, I, I was thinking too while I was while I was reading this. Is that okay? So was was the great fish big enough for him to? Does he sit, you know, on something and he's pondering this? Is he, you know, is it a small confined space where he's like laying there, pressed up in there without anywhere to move? You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it can get terrifying the things that your mind can run away with of being trapped in there. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know all the kids' stories—they kind of play it off as if he had plenty of room to move around and stuff, right? And, th- and think and and uh, you know, sitting there pondering life. You know, in, in the big fish, it's like you know, no, maybe that's not how it was. You know, could he been laying, you know, face down in a whole bunch of goo and for three days? It's it's not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's disgusting. (laughs) Thanks, and you'll know how I ponder this.
0: (laughs) I'm eating tater tots here. Be kind.
2: Yeah. Was there tater tots in there with him? You know, (laughs) that kind of thing. (laughs) Tater
1: tots. (laughs) I don't think a whale would necessarily want tater tots. (laughs) um, I imagine a nasty, rancid, fishy smell. I mean, just... I suppose maybe you grow nose blind to it after a couple of days, but... uh, Yeah, just just a very disgusting situation to be in. And, well, Jonah does what probably any of us would do. He starts praying to God. And I, I thought it was interesting that the prayer that he... The way it's recorded, the prayer is all put down in like a past tense. And I don't know who wrote this. I don't know if maybe Jonah wrote it himself or just what. But the idea that the prayer was... In past tense, while he was still in the fish or the whale or whatever it was. I thought the idea that it was past tense as if God had already answered it and saved him was an interesting way to view this this prayer for salvation. Um, you know, it was like, God answered me. God saved me. God, uh, you know, he, he did all these things. It was... Um, it was almost as as if he just expected that that he would be saved. Did that strike you guys in that way? Did you notice that? or was
0: it I noticed it. It's kind of like dual. It's almost like dual language. Okay, so he starts off and he says, so in verse one of chapter two, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Now, to my mind, he's talking about being stuck inside a fish, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From the from deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. And yet still, it sounds like he's talking about being inside the fish. But here's what comes next. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. Now it sounds like he's talking about being... When he was lost, when he was in the realm of the dead, he was on the ship running away from God. And Mm. God saves him from that by hurling him into the sea. Then when he goes into the sea, he says, I've been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord, my God, brought me up from the pit. So it's almost like he had doomed himself when he ran away. He knew he was doomed. He gets thrown into the ocean, which feels like salvation, because he's been hurled off of his self-chosen path of disobedience. Mm Mm-hmm. He's, when he's in the water, his thought is, I have been banished from your sight. So this is some kind of like, I deserve it. Like I'm in the water, the seaweed is wrapped around my head, the deep surrounds me, the waters threaten me. I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look towards your holy temple, which to a Hebrew, I assume means what he's doing right here, praying. You see what I'm getting at? Like, mm-hmm. as I read through this a couple of times, it a little bit changed when you think of it as he's praying this in the fish.
2: I look yeah. at at the irony of the whole situation is that he's in commun he's a prophet. He's in communication constantly with the Lord. and then he gets a task to do, and he decides to run away from it. And um, like you're saying, in he's writing is that he's removing himself from the from the Lord's presence. But yet, when the trials and the tribulations and maybe the maybe a little bit of punishment comes around, he cries out to the Lord. So, to me, it's almost like he knows where his strength and his faith come from. It's like, but he tries to avoid the inevitable.
1: Yeah, I like your assessment of it a lot better than mine, Karen, because I was just kind of looking <laughs> at it.
2: <laughs> Karen, you're know.
1: so... You're so smart, Karen. You're so smart. Because um, I was just kind of looking at it. And maybe, I mean, I, I may not be told. Of course, I'm not totally wrong. I mean, come on. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I was just kind of looking at it more like he, you know, his faith was still strong in God. And he, he believed that God would save him. And so he was talking about it as if it had actually already happened. But, no, I, I actually do like your assessment better where he was. He was recognizing maybe that he was he was saved by all the circumstances that that uh, he found himself in, and he was he was already viewing himself in, in that. So, I, yeah, I like your assessment of that a lot better than mine, Karen. So, um,
0: well, and to me, job. this all plays into um, <clears throat> Jonah's point of view, like his reaction when God tells him to do this. Like when we get to chapter four. Uh, which we're not to yet, but when we get to chapter four, we find out why Jonah ran away in the first place. And it's not very flattering to Jonah's character. So like that, that perspective kind of plays into it. Like he has a solid belief in God and his own personal reaction to that throws some, you know, little monkey wrenches into how he wants to obey and what he himself as an individual prioritizes versus what God prioritizes. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Onward,
1: onward. Yeah. Well, after three days and three nights, the the uh we're told God spoke to the fish, as it was quoted in in the in the text, and the fish spits him out on dry land. Yeah, the, I, we don't really know where. I mean, you know, I mean, I think some of the stories would make you think that he spit him right out in front of Nineveh, but I don't even think Nineveh was close to the. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember how close to water Nineveh was, but at any rate, he wouldn't have gotten spit right out, um, right out uh, at Nineveh. So he's still got quite a. I think he's got a journey ahead of him.
0: Well, it doesn't. It doesn't say. It no, just says it that when God told him again, go to Nineveh, he said, "Okay," and he went yeah. to
3: Nineveh. Right. It does
0: say. I had. I looked up Nineveh, which. I know. I know that the that the Book of Jonah says it had about 120,000 people in it, and mm-hmm. it describes it as a very large city. But for okay, so check this out. It was the ancient city of Nineveh was 60 miles across. Mm-hmm. That's a huge amount of land for mm-hmm. 120,000 people. Yeah, it makes me curious what that city was laid out like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it seems that's really big because if it talks about how, um, I don't know, it talks about it being a three-day journey and it's, it's not it's not specific on what that means. If it means a three-day journey to walk, you know, across the city, around the city, to walk up yeah, and down. It
0: says, <clears throat> says it took three days. It says Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it.
1: Okay, well, that's your translation then because King James just says, or New King James, uh, just says it's a three-day journey. How did that put it? Uh, it says three
0: we're... day journey in extent. Yeah, I've got a yeah. new kingpins right here.
1: Yeah, so um,
0: that's a very spread out, city. spacious yeah. city. It made me wonder if it was really prosperous.
1: Hmm. Well, I mean, I I'm going to guess probably because it seems like a lot of time when our bigger cities they do get prosperous and they do get successful. They also tend to uh, exhibit a lot of evils and crime and bad morals and this sort of thing. Big cities don't seem to be a great place for people to to come to to uh, meet God. You know what I'm saying? So Jonah does eventually get to Nineveh. And the message that he is to give to them is that in 40 days, Nineveh is going to be overthrown. Um, I'd be curious to know what exactly that meant. Cause you know, a lot of times when God is getting ready to overthrow something, usually it was being attacked by another kingdom, by another King and, uh, basically destroyed. So I wonder, yeah. it makes me wonder what was in the wings, what was, what was yep. sitting there waiting, um, uh, if they didn't, if they didn't, uh, if they hadn't, if they didn't repent. But we don't. And
0: apparently, don't. the the network of gossipy fishermen from the beach, where no, where Jonah was spit up, was active because they believe him. Mm-hmm. Like, just like the sailors on the ship were like, "Oh, well, okay, well, I guess we, I guess we have to throw him overboard." Then, you know, wake up and pray to your God. And then here you know, he shows up in Nineveh, and something about him, people believed him. So he shows up forty more days, and Nineveh will be Nineveh will be overthrown. And the Ninevites believed him. They proclaimed a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. I mean, my goodness. Where's that responsiveness today? Nowadays, that would just be considered naive. Like, who's the crazy with the cardboard sign? Somebody give him a sandwich so he'll be quiet for 10 minutes.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it is It is a very surprising turn of events because, uh, you know, like we talked about before, I mean, we almost expect that... that uh, Jonah is fearful of going in and, and telling these people to to stop it <laughs> as the Veggie Tales <laughs> the Veggie Tales movie talks about. Jonah walks in and he goes, Stop it. <laughs> they were sla- slapping people with fishes. Karen, you're missing out. You don't know what we're talking you're missing about. Out. They had to stop slapping people with fishes because that was bad. <laughs> but um but for them to so quickly accept it and 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 change their ways and it's like man what factors were involved here for them to change and not just the people but the king too i mean the king is like proclaiming fast and like yeah we have to do something we've got we've got to change and and they just accept the message it's like how many missionaries out there who would who would (laughs) love to find themselves in a situation like that um where everybody just goes oh uh okay You know,
2: Or that toil Uh, years and years With the same message and you know Just falling on deaf ears Yeah you know I wonder if that has Something to do with too with the king readily Accepting it and then everybody else Just following suit
1: yeah Of course but the way the bible tells it is like The people accepted it first and then the king And then the king went oh Yeah we need to do something here now of course You know that could just be the way it's written down It could have been the king going oh yeah This is bad and we need to change and then the People following um i don't know that for sure but um it certainly was not the situation jonah was expecting to to come across uh he either thought that he was going to end up maimed or killed or 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 something but um or as we'll find out something entirely different for why he didn't (laughs) want to go but um but yeah they just like well um You know we have this you know and maybe they they knew about something coming up maybe they knew that there was some king out there getting ready with a with an army to come and wipe them out and and they said well who knows maybe this is the way that we avoid that so i don't i don't know but uh but they definitely they 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 obviously turned very quickly because they only had 40 days and um they they heard it and and they and they changed and God sees their repentance and He does not have them destroyed. So whatever was going to happen doesn't happen. And uh, and and uh, I suppose the Ninevites are happy. This now, may
0: seem like a small thing to get sidetracked on, but as an animal lover, it really bothers me that they forced no food and drink on the animals as well. Like that's how seriously they fasted. Yeah. There's no food and drink for the humans, and there's no food and drink for the animals. And I just am like, oh, Ninevites, come on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That wasn't that wasn't part of the proclamation, but I do give them credit for trying. You know, they they took it seriously, and they took it really seriously. And, uh... They
0: put sex plus on the animals, Matt. <laughs>
1: well, and those animals were about? those animals were bad, Karen. They were bad, bad ki- animals.
0: Repent, donkey, <laughs> repent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that those donkeys weren't making waffles.
0: <laughs> okay, you uh. better explain that because not everybody in the listening audience has seen Shrek. <laughs>
3: And you also, I'd
0: just like to take a moment to point out that I actually got a movie reference joke. And sure. I hardly ever do that. So.
1: <laughs> Karen, Karen got a movie reference. I'm making <laughs> waffles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she still doesn't know the movie, the Jonah movie. Uh, uh, we'll get you there. <laughs>
2: Housewarming gift. <laughs> well, she yeah. yeah. What'd you say, Tracy? Housewarming gift. We might get you the uh, DVD for uh, Jonah.
0: I'm telling you, I don't have
2: a way to play. Oh. Okay. might get you one of those too. <laughs> Church, <laughs> Church movie night coming up. Oh dear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is so it's a it's just ridiculously fun, fun to watch. Um well Jonah. Jonah takes a weird turn on us here because it <laughs> turns out that. He doesn't like the idea of Nineveh not getting destroyed. He he is so angry that he that they're not getting destroyed and he tells God he's like this is why I didn't want to come in the first place cuz I knew this is what you were going to do. They're like wow. Okay,
0: no no no. You got to really capture the full essence of what a jerk Jonah is. Okay. He prayed to God. Let's see. So when God saw what the Ninevites did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong and he became angry. He prayed prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew, here comes the accusation. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Okay, mm. what's the problem? Because it's all about Jonah. Yes. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live.
1: <laughs> what? How to, okay, how does a guy with that attitude become a prophet?
2: That's a part of this I, I don't get. You know, I wonder if it was a little bit of self, because, you know, I was doing some other reading, and it, and he, he did, but I think he was so worried about himself and being looked at as a false prophet, because yeah. it didn't come about mm-hmm. that he got wrapped up in self again. Mm-hmm. Never
0: mind that the entire city, and their animals, did all these dramatic things right. to repent And follow the instructions right and to and to forestall he's still mad that it didn't happen Mm -hmm. like instead of that showing the compassion and love and power of God Jonah's all like but that reflects poorly on me
2: or his reputation
0: oh so so okay so God replies to him is it right for you to be angry When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die. Apparently he's a very dramatic man. (laughs) He just wanted to die. For the second time in five verses, it would be better for me to die than to live. Again, God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, Jonah replied. And I'm so angry, I wish I were dead for the third time in eight verses. (laughs) But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and it died overnight. Should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals? Oh my goodness, he did notice the animals repenting. Oh, (laughs) that's nice. Yeah. Anyway, so it turns out that Jonah is a jerk. He understands God's character properly, but doesn't want to look like a fool. Like he he would rather he would rather that one hundred and twenty thousand people and all their nice animals die than for them to repent and make his word look like it wasn't real or whatever, whatever his issue was there.
1: Yeah, that it's when you read that about him, you're just like, wow, I mean, yeah, he's sitting on the side of the uh, out there on the hill or whatever, watching, just waiting for the fire to come down or waiting for the 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 armies to invade or whatever. He's going to have a show. He thinks he's going to get a show and he doesn't get the show. And. Yeah, the drama, the drama. Oh, I just wish I could die. You know, I'm so mad. I just wish I could die. Uh, I was I'm like, wow, so Jonah.
0: angry. Oh, I wish I were dead. Oh my oh. goodness.
1: And uh, you know, I'm reading this. I'm thinking, dude, you know, yeah. you have talked to God a lot. Is that really the kind of thing you want to tell him right now?
0: <laughs> and you got to admire him for being his unfiltered, shiniest best at every moment. I mean, there's there's a lot of honesty here. Yeah. I told you I didn't want to go because I know that you're loving and compassionate. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, huh. <laughs> you know, I was thinking too, and like going back to whole the whole Jonah and self, can you imagine what kind of lofty position he would be in? If 120 K of people died mm. and him saying, Hey, this is what's going to happen. And him being the four, warning of this whole calamity that, you know, he did it. Can you imagine the status of that as a prophet?
3: Yeah.
0: I mean, maybe because this was so far from where he lives. Like, was he planning to settle down in the region and live out his newfound powerful fame? You know, I just assumed he would go home and nobody back where he lived would know the difference.
2: Exactly. And I'm wondering if if that got to him where, you know, because he would be on the same... Level is maybe like you know Elijah and elisha and and Samuel, and you know all those that came before him that had the ear of the king and were in a lofty position to be, okay, yeah, it really didn't happen, like you said it was, but okay, go back to your humble abode, yeah,, uh, he wanted to be the guy that did the I told you so,
1: yeah, you know, and then he could go back, he could go back to Israel, go, I told those guys. The, Do we I'm actually the one know who where he
0: lived? Maybe we're, like, reading this wrong. Do we actually no, know where we, where he lived?
1: He was delivering messages in Israel. We did, we read that last time. I mean, it was like a one-verse thing, but he was delivering messages in Israel.
0: When so. he ran away, he went to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa.
1: Yeah, Joppa's and on the...
0: Tarshish, which I guess we could... Maybe assume is in the opposite direction. Boy, I would have to put Tarshish and Joppa and Nineveh all on a map.
1: Well Joppa was on the uh, the west coast of Israel there.
0: Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh. All
1: right. Yeah, right there was it okay. was it the, Med- the Mediterranean Sea? I think so
0: he was a ways from Nineveh.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I I don't we don't I we don't know how far he got out to sea before this before the storm came. But he was planning on going a long ways away, uh, at least according to the map that I was looking at. So.
0: Well, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Obviously, they had good news channels because the Queen of Sheba showed up to visit Solomon, and the wise men came to see the baby Jesus, and mm-hmm. Jonah got sent to Nineveh. You know what I mean? Like they obviously had news channels. Me with my internet and my texting and my you know, I'm just having trouble. Picturing how any of that was efficient and I'm having trouble picturing how, how Jonah would feel so humiliated at the not fall of Nineveh that he just couldn't be bothered to live anymore.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like just, just go back home to Israel and finish out your days.
1: Yeah, I don't know (laughs) that those levels of selfishness are always kind of hard for me to grasp. Though too, we've all known people who kind of have that, they have too much of a sense of self, and and anything that m- they feel might make them look bad, you know, really upsets them. And um, I think, and that's maybe what we're seeing here a bit with Jonah, where he, like I said, he wanted to be the guy who could go back to Israel and say, I, you know, I'm the one who told him that they were going to be destroyed. But now he yep. has to go back. And if he's gonna tell the story, he's like, Well, I told him they were gonna be destroyed, but then they weren't, you know.
0: And and, and, and those and and it was so awful. All hundred and twenty thousand plus people and their lovely animals that wore sackcloth, they all repented. They all repented. It was the worst thing.
1: Well, that's it. I he's mean, he gracious. focused on the wrong part of the thing because he could have then been he could have been the guy that said, Yeah, I delivered the message. God gave me the message to deliver to them that saved them. No wonder Jesus
0: had to tell parables about sheep, and uh how you leave the the shepherd leaves the ninety nine behind to go after the one. Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sheep are not sheep are not bright. No, no, that wasn't
0: that wasn't my point. The ratio was my point. The ratio.
1: Well, yeah. You know,
0: God is. It's like it's like what God says here is like you're concerned about this plant. You didn't tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and it died overnight. Should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is God's long-term investment. These are his children and their beloved pets.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just, I don't know. It doesn't speak well of human nature. And yet, look around the world. Look how polarized we get over the simplest little things. And -hmm. it's like, no, guys, guys. We're all humans. We're all
1: on the same team. Yeah. Pol- for your
0: fellow humans to fail is stupid.
1: Yeah, but we do it. We do Just it. Just so and- that we
0: can be right. Man, mm-hmm. I hope that stupid decision comes back and bites them and that will be so satisfying. Yeah, I'm going to watch you go down in flames. Mm-mm. 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 We're all on the same team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we forget that, though. Yeah, I think we do we forget that, that, that guy we're, we're fighting with on, on Facebook, we forget that that's a human being who's, you know, they're, they're on this planet spinning, hurtling through space, just like we are. And, you know, they're, we're all gonna come to a point where we have to, you know, make decisions and, and, uh, you know, are we going to try to be a positive influence on each other? Or are we going to just sit back and really hope to watch them burn? You know, and uh... we're
0: told, you know, we're we're told that we're supposed to love each other how God loved us.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Right. And so every time I saw a thing the other day, it was a meme. Very, very seldom do I learn anything from memes. Mostly they just make me laugh in kind of a snarky way. But in this case, I actually learned something and it's kind of stuck in my head. So I screenshotted it and kept it on my phone. And it says, you have never looked into the eyes of someone that God does not love. Yeah. So all of those people that you feel superior to, or that you're revolted by their behavior, or you're watching them make a series of bad choices, that is God's child. And he died for them as much as he died for you. And he is pursuing them to catch their attention and save them as hard as he's pursuing you. You have never looked into the eyes of someone that God does not love. It's like, oh, okay, I need to tattoo that someplace. Very
1: yeah. On your forehead. So when you look in the mirror, it's backwards.
0: <laughs> right. On my forehead, backwards.
1: I bet you could find a tattoo artist that could do it the other way so that it would. But then everybody else would be looking at you and going, why'd she do that? <laughs> <laughs> She's a.
0: You see what I'm getting at? Like, oh, it's, easy, it's easy to read the story of Jonah and go, a jerk. Yeah. You know, and then, but then look what we're doing in modern society. Like everything is polarized. Everything is divisive and icky and finger pointing and accusation based. And I'm writing your mom. Wow. Yeah. And that, that is,
1: it is, it is interesting, to, that is interesting to me that that's the way that book ends. You could be, you could be tempted to think that maybe there was more to it that got lost after this but we're just left with that final lesson yeah of of i mean cuz we're not told we're not told what Jonah does after this we don't know what takeaway he got from it we don't know if he changed his mind about the way he was looking at this but we're just left with god saying why do you care about something that you had nothing to do with more than uh than i care about the people i created And, and that's, you know, I mean, that's what we're left with is that, is that God cares for people. He cares for all of us and he will do what he's got to do to save us. Uh, And, uh,
0: I'm going to add a clause to your sentence. Mm Mm-hmm. The way that God describes the people of Nineveh is not terribly flattering. No. Should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand (laughs) from their left? Right. Also many animals. Okay, so that's not very flattering, and yet look at the lengths that God went to to salvage them, to get their attention.
2: You know, and to me, it it almost left it like, now ponder that, Jonah, and, you know, drop the mic and walk off. Now ponder that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Because because if that's an indication of the 120,000 people who live in Nineveh, that is also an indication of Jonah. And it yeah. is also an indication of us. I mean, I rem- I'm remembering right now the the several verses that we've read through the Bible up to this point where God says to the Israelites, yeah, I don't love you because of you. I love you because of me. I love you because it's my nature to love you. Like I am love, and I, w- you know, Abraham was your friend, and I made promises to him, and that's why I'm giving you this special honor. I'm not doing it because you yourselves are special. Mm-hmm. I suspect that from God's point of view, there's an entire planet full of however many billion of us who cannot tell their right hands from their left.
1: Hmm. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're a bunch of lovable idiots. <laughs> <laughs> maybe some of us, maybe some of us more lovable. Some of us are more idiots. <laughs> well,
0: probably, in the grand scheme of the universe, planet Earth is the short bus. Probably,
1: yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why our planet is so small. We are the short. Where's world. my helmet? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I, uh, I do. I, I wonder so often what, what the other, the other worlds, if they're able to see. In some fashion. What oh, we're I going hope they through. can't. No. And yeah. Oh yeah. I hope we're quarantined to the point where they don't see anything happening right now. But
0: maybe there's a shield. Yeah. But, but spray more chemtrails. Don't let them see
1: <laughs> chemtrails. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's for. It's for the quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> to keep it. Keep the other worlds from looking at us with their with their m- massive telescopes to see how stupid <laughs> we are.
3: Uh.
1: <laughs> but yeah, God loves us, lovable idiots. Somehow, we're still lovable in His sight, and that uh, He does love us, and and uh, will will do what He can, what He can to uh, to save us. Uh, and uh, bring us to where we ought to be.
0: Okay, so do the do the uh, do the voice from the Veggie tales.
1: <laughs> Hey, everybody! <laughs> I'm Larry the Cucumber. <laughs> Super suction ears away. That <laughs> you're lost on that one. That's a, that that's 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 Larry boy. But uh, all yeah. right. <laughs> Uh,
2: copyright for the voices. So, <laughs>
1: yes, that uh, was not created by me. <laughs> that, is a, uh, that is a, that is a, all celebrity voices are impersonated.
0: <laughs> and see, and you guys have all seen it. And I was so hoping that you three, including our missing Eric, were going to sing the songs from the movie and I was going to uh, listen. Yeah. No. <laughs> see, it's, my life is just disappointing.
1: It's been a while since I've watched. I probably, I might just have to pop it in this afternoon, and watch it again, and and see Jonah telling everybody that he's got a message from the Lord. <laughs> 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 and then the uh, the the angel. Uh, what what, what <laughs> I don't remember what kind of vegetables they are that are singing to Jonah while he's in the, the in the belly. This giant Broadway spectacle <laughs> of, of 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 angel vegetables singing to Jonah while he's in the belly of the whale to tell to teach him a lesson. It <laughs>
3: happens. It's,
1: it's pretty great. I'm telling you it's pretty great. <laughs> All righty. well I think we have Probably exhausted the story Of Jonah for our purposes Today uh, Next time we will Be studying, and this is going to be We're going to study 2 Kings chapter 15, 15. 2 Chronicles 26 And Isaiah 1 through 4 I was Ooh,
3: I like Isaiah
1: yeah, I was glancing through Isaiah, and I got to be honest, I haven't studied like really gotten in and studied Isaiah that much before. And when I was looking, I'm like, "Ooh, this is some heavy stuff. We're going to get into It here. is. So yeah. we're going to be we're going to we're going to spend a couple of weeks in Isaiah. Did the uh, Veggie
0: Tales do Isaiah? I mean, like, can we get a little levity out of it every once in a while?
1: Uh, not that I know of, but I, know. I haven't well, I haven't watched any for a while. But uh, what did yeah. you say,
0: Tracy?
2: No, I don't think they have.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, sorry, Karen. You know, that they they did do some good spoofs on Lord of the Rings. You could watch that one.
0: Oh heavens! So.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Telling you, they're great. They got some Indiana Jones stuff too. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, while you're reading that and waiting for us. You can reach out to us at podcast at theadventure.org. You can find us on Facebook. And we ask that you please be sure to share the podcast with your friends and family and relatives and neighbors and everybody. Um, as you uh, celebrate with us. And I didn't mention this before, guys. This was episode 80. Whoa. Yeah. We've gotten we got 80 of them under under our belts now. And so, folks, if you want to help us out and help us to spread this word, all you got to do is share it. Tell your friends and family about it. Help us out so that uh, this so that uh, what's happening here can be spread. If you think it's valuable, we certainly would appreciate it. And we would love we would love the help with that. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that we reach you in your feed each and every week. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks for listening. the lord <laughs> karen still
2: you guys are know. gonna
0: make a bunch of veggie tales jokes that i don't get aren't you
2: karen still isn't gonna get it neither <laughs> confirm nor deny that at this point
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey everybody this is larry the cucumber welcome to this episode <laughs> Good thing
0: he's recording already. That'll be beautiful.
1: Uh, (laughs) A message from the Lord. Jonah as an asparagus. I think he's an asparagus. Yep, he is. And you get the pirates who don't do anything. They don't (laughs) sing the song in that one, though. They don't sing the pirate song. We are the pirates. The book of Jonah. They're the they're the ship that he well, I don't think they're played off as pirates. Just sailors, in the movie, but they're sailors. But in another VeggieTales movie, you know that they're the pirates who don't do anything. That's what they call themselves. Oh. We're, right. the, we're the pirates who don't do anything. We just something, something and lie around. I don't remember. But I can't remember the song now, but but they're awesome. And you get Larry the Cucumber wearing a pirate's hat and I think maybe an eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> Tales are quality entertainment, I'm telling you.
0: I see that. I'm clearly missed out.
1: You get your silly. S-
2: they haven't done anything lately, have they?
1: I haven't seen anything new lately. I don't know if they're still doing it or not.
0: My kids used to watch them. They' then you know they grew up and they stopped watching them and they were still they were still producing stuff that just my kids were past the age where they cared about it at all
1: yeah that's that's you know kind of why we saying,
0: Matt, when you get a little older and you mature and you stop worried about you know what that's like
1: no, no, no. i don't i don't understand karen you, you lost me with that one
0: yeah clearly